Ted, what you're doing is irresponsible. This club actually means something to this town. I know that. I do. Tramp, what do you love? Is it writing? Yes. Yeah, good, because you're darn good at it. Thank you. Welcome. Me? I love coaching. Now, I'm going to say this again, just so you didn't think it was a mistake the first time I said it. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. And it ain't always easy, Trent. But neither is growing up without someone believing in you. Let me ask you this. Is my tongue still in my mouth? Because I am about to hallucinate from all the heat here. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week, we are revisiting Ted Lasso, Season 1, Episode 3, Trent Krim, The Independent. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as we kind of mentioned last week, a character that we just, God, I hope people grow to love this character as much as we do. It's hard not to love him from the get-go. The minute he says, is this all a fucking joke? I'm sold on Trent Krim, the Independent. Well, he's kind of a little arrogant in the beginning in that assumption. But it's this episode that really, I think, starts to make people soften up on Trent. Um, Because Trent softens up on Ted. Hmm. So I think in return, us as audience members kind of like, okay, Ted's not as much of a prick as we think he might be. You know who Trent reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, the journalist from The Greatest Showman. Oh, the reviewer. Yeah. Yeah, the show reviewer. I forgot about that character. That's a movie I've been meaning to rewatch for, because I haven't watched that movie in a while. See, my kids and... My kids wanted to watch it like multiple times a day for over a year. So I've seen it about 150 times. So I'm good. I'm good for a while. <laughs> You've gotten your lifetime, Phil. It's one of those movies. Yes. <laughs> so, I still adore that movie. Um, I still yeah. love it. I'm just saying like, I don't need to see it. <laughs> it's all up here. <laughs> uh, so just a reminder as to the difference of the feedback between this and Lost is that we will... Uh, We'll go through the discussion of the episode and we will kind of remain as spoiler free as possible. If there are any spoilers, we'll keep them kind of broad. And then towards the end of the discussion, uh, check the notes for the episode for timestamps because we will go into some spoiler talk. So if it is your first time watching, that's the time for you to avoid unless you're okay with spoilers and then you can listen. Uh, And then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of our favorite quotes, last minute notes and uh, all that before we go into feedback. Mm -hmm. So. That being said, let's just dive right into this episode, and I want to kick it off with literally the opening seconds of this episode. It's something I, by the first time of viewing this episode, I started to notice in this episode immediately, and it is something that remains throughout 
the run of this series. This series, the soundtrack to this series is phenomenal. Yes. And there are a lot of deep cut gems that are used throughout the run of this. And this episode opens with a British band called Elastica and the song Connection. And the way they use it as the alarm clock, I think is just brilliant. Because the opening, that is the opening of the song. I mean, there is a alarm clock sound that they kind of put underneath of it. Mm-hmm. It transitions right into this episode. Beautifully. Perfectly. Yes. And I love that. Like I said, you know, we got the Sex Pistols in the first episode and then now Elastic in this one. There's a ton of songs, music used throughout. Well, British music is kind of like the crux to American music as well. I mean... There's a lot of British music that is just epic and legendary. And I think we forget that a lot of the music that we love as Americans comes from the UK. Yeah. It comes from a country who you you and I should know this very well because we did that we covered this film on a movie swap with with Wilhelm. Is that Oh, Pirate Radio. Pirate radio, like it is a country that is known for its rock in, you know, the Rolling Stones and and bands like that. Beatles. The Clash, the Beatles, the Clash. Like these are, it is a country known for rock music, but it's a country that is known to be against rock music. Right. When it first started. Well, you know, that's, that's like Footloose, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Footloose. Maybe. Um, you know, I love, I, I, I agree with you. I do love the fact that we have like these really great, uh, music elements that are in that, that, that kind of goes through this entire series. And it was really creative the way that they use the opening song for sure. But the opening itself too, I think is, is a lot of fun because we see that one. Well, no, no, not even that. I'm talking about the opening with Rebecca, like with, yeah, we're back to the show. Um, with her, like the pictures have been taken. She has told Higgins to submit them to the newspaper. She is waking up this morning high on life because she is expecting this is it. This is going to be the downfall of Ted Lasso. This is what's going to destroy the team. I don't care if it destroys Ted in return. She's tearing open the curtains and letting the sun shine. She is happy until she gets to her office. And she sees nothing in the papers and she freaks out. And this, I think, is one. It's fun because as viewers, we're not yet backing Rebecca. We're still kind of against her because she's against everybody. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of happy to see her freak out a little bit. We're excited to see it that these pictures are not in the paper. But also, it's just it is great acting by hannah waddington mm-hmm. this just it's a freak out yeah it feels like a actual freak no, out no like she's unglued yeah she is flipping out and she sells it so well she she's unglued enough that leslie higgins like leaves his kids at the breakfast table <laughs> mid-bite <laughs> Tells- i'm downstairs i gotta go like tells them like tell your mother I said bye and just is rushing out right just like because 
Higgins is legitimately afraid of Rebecca. Uh, I think anybody would. This yeah. version of Rebecca is very scary. Yes. But I just, I love the opening. The opening of this episode is fantastic. Just from the music that they used to Rebecca freaking out uh, um, I, at the paper. That did remind me, though. I've been meaning to say this for three episodes now, so I'm going to say it now. Okay. The opening music of this show. Yeah. La, la, mm. la, la, la. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I pointed it out last night to Dave, and uh, and he was like, oh my gosh, I never noticed that. When Ted sits down in the stadium and everything starts to turn red, it also takes all the graffiti away from all of yes. the um, chairs. So yes. I just wanted to point that out for anybody who hasn't noticed that, that Ted is kind of essentially, quote unquote, clean, cleaning up uh, the stadium a little bit. You know, he's purifying it or making it better. Who knows? But um I, it's just something that I noticed and I wanted to just touch on in the pilot. Didn't uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about biscuits. Didn't. So here we are. <laughs> well, it's also interesting to notice too, that if you look closely at Ted in those moments, he never seems happy. He he still kind of seems very down and depressed while he's sitting in that chair alone. Mm, that's There's interesting. nobody else in the opening credits with Ted. He is still very much alone. And he's still doing work. Yeah. So, so, yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting to me that Rebecca, and this is, I don't know, maybe this is, I guess maybe we could just chalk it up to, you know, season one, Rebecca, but, um, Rebecca is, is so angry and so petty and so narrow minded that she's prepared to take down Keely with this. I mean, granted, they're not friends yet, but she's another woman. And we get to know Rebecca's views on women in the workplace and women in power and women, you know, in leadership positions. And it directly conflicts with who she is at her core. So it really shows how lost she is um, yeah. as a character right now, because she doesn't even realize that she's about to totally ruin Keely's life as well. Yeah, she has no regard Right. For anybody other outside of her own intentions. Correct. She she doesn't care who she brings down with herself. She wants to destroy everything and she doesn't care right. who else it destroys with her. And you're right. Keely is somebody who she just kind of, you know, I think she kind of, cause I have this in my notes too, that there's three key characters to this episode to me, uh, of characters that we see different sides of Rebecca is absolutely one of them. Uh, Keely is another, and Roy is another character that we see. Roy for sure. Roy, absolutely. Um, but I think one of the things we see about Re Rebecca and Keely in this is that something I think even Rebecca realizes in this episode is that she was, like you mentioned, she was prepared to take Keely down with the ship along with Ted and everybody else. I think Rebecca realizes in this episode that she has severely underestimated Keely. Oh, a hundred percent. Because it's Keely is the one that comes to Ted and realizes and knows that these pictures have been released. Right. And I think she, Rebecca kind of underestimated the fact that Keely has connections too. Right. She's I mean, she's a very some... successful model. Yeah. You know, she's been in the business for a really long time. She understands how the business is done. She, of course, has publication con uh, connections. Like, yeah. of course. Why are you going after a model, Rebecca? Come on. <laughs> she's not just some 
blonde bimbo girlfriend of one of the players. Right. She is incredibly intelligent and capable. Right. Right. And Rebecca severely underestimated that in this, with this whole plot. (laughs) She will not be doing that again. (laughs) No. Um, and while we're just continuing on, I know we're, we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but I'll, I'll bring this up because this is another one of my points. We talked last week about some of the friendships that we're going to see, and one of them begins in this episode. Yes, it does. And let me tell you, as somebody who is in their early to mid-40s, I absolutely find... In this episode, I basically fell in love with Geely. Yeah. She is because she is just so quirky and 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 fun. And we get a lot of that throughout this episode with the relationship with Rebecca. But by the end of this series, I can tell you right now, I was also pretty much in love with Rebecca. Um, because who wouldn't be by the end of this series? Uh not Rebecca now, for sure. But that later on in this episode, we'll, we'll kind of jump to that now. That whole moment, that whole scene with Rebecca and Keely. And Keely and her boot and, and Rebecca's boobs. <laughs> when Keely like calls her out and says, Oh, like that is an oddly specific reference. Like it means that there has to be a picture of you topless on a boat somewhere. And like, she kind of coaxes that out of Rebecca to actually show her the picture. Right. Well, she's like, you wouldn't mention it if you weren't proud of it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Keely Keely has a read on Rebecca. Oh yes. And like the fact that she's like, I'm like a teenage boy. I can't stop looking. Like I love that Rebecca Keely is just so open and she just doesn't, she has no, and not in a negative way, has no regard for what she is. She doesn't feel like she doesn't care if people judge her. It makes me and and I know I know that Rebecca has girlfriends. I mean, we we see that, but I don't know that she's ever had a really close friend like Keely before. So yeah. you know, girl talk is probably lost on Rebecca a little bit, and she's just kind of like oh, I guess we're just going to chat. Like she takes off her shoes and like gets comfortable on the couch. And you can see Rebecca's like, what in God's name are you doing? You know? And Keely doesn't care. And Keely doesn't care. But we also see Rebecca open up to it. She likes it. Yeah. This is the different side of Rebecca Mm -hmm. that that we get out of this episode. We definitely get a softening of Rebecca. It's not just Ted that softens her. Keely is a huge part of this. I mean, again, like I'm keeping it very broad, but the friendship of Keely and Rebecca is one of my favorite parts of the series. It's, it's excellent. And I like, I love the fact that it starts now. It starts now. It starts very early. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. but again, like we see Rebecca opening up to it. She's laughing at Keely. She's smiling at the things that Keely is saying. Like she is softening up. Mm-hmm. And it's too, like, as you mentioned, I don't think she has, she has never had any girlfriends. She, there or is another she, close friend that she has. Yeah, we, Faz. You will meet later. Yeah, yeah but, Sassy, who is just, Sassy, that's love it. Her too. Yeah, love her but too. this is different because since she's probably been with Rupert, she has just been a side piece, an accessory, right? And Keely is seeing her for her, you know? Mm-hmm. 
seeing the hard work, even if it's phys- her physical hard work, you know, with her working out or, or keeping herself, you know, um, fit or good looking or whatever. Like Rebecca is being seen by somebody right now in this episode. And I think that that's really important for Rebecca right now. And she's not being seen as a boss. Mm-hmm. She's not, although Keely absolutely thinks that Rebecca is a boss, but like in a fun girl power kind of way. Right. She's a boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like I own a business kind of boss. Like, no, right. you're, a, you're a fucking boss. Right. You know, and I think that's something that Keith, that Rebecca is kind of embracing because you're right. She's never had that before. Yeah. I think Rebecca needs empowerment just as much as Keely does. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I love the fact that like, again, this is the beginning of something that is going to be something amazing. And I can't wait for people to kind of like watch along. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll leave it to you to, to bring us to take us somewhere else. Yeah. So we see that Ted has going, is going to start a new tactic in the locker room. And this is by giving everybody a present, um, which is very obviously wrapped books. McAdoo doesn't seem to realize that as he shakes his book. (laughs) He's shaking it. And he bangs it against his head once just to see if something happens to it. No, buddy, just unwrap it. It's a book. (laughs) It's very funny to see all of like the different reactions to these books. But we get some really specific books here. And I did write it down. So I got to get to that page. So excuse the rustling. I know that some podcast listeners don't like rustling of papers. <laughs> no, I have, I, I have to- two of them, but I know you have more. So we do. see a couple of different books. So we have um, Sam gets the book Ender's Game, which um, and these books, you know, you see them and you're like, oh, I kind of know this book, whatever. But then you look at kind of what they actually mean and why they're given to each player. So Sam gets Ender's Game and Sam is how compassion and empathy changes lives, especially in the face of ruthlessness, which I think really goes to Sam's the core of Sam's character. And, and that is further explored throughout the series. Uh, you have the book, The Beautiful and the Damned for Jamie. Uh, this book is about thinking that you're better than everyone and losing everything because of it. So that's a little bit of foreshadowing for Jamie. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Miss Pe- Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which is given to a character named Robbie. Now, before we started recording, <laughs> Ben and I looked forever for this character named Robbie. And we realized Robbie is just, I think the name for just extras, extra teammates, because the book is about, it's a fantasy about a group of children with different abilities coming together in a community, much like a team comes together. So Ben and I have decided that the Robbies of the team are just going to be called Robbie from here on yeah. out. <laughs> these are the these are the players who have no names and are not necessarily characters right. that we will get to know. They are just Robbies. And lastly, the last book that we that we get is uh, Roy's book, which is a Wrinkle in Time, and we will go over that later because there's uh, Roy's book really drives the whole episode forward. I think. Yeah. Uh, but if, I think one of the things like, uh, again, like we did this similarly, similarly to Lost in that literary references have a meaning and, you know, you look into the deeper meanings of the book and, and how they connect to either the character or the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lost kind of never went past that. But if you kind of look beyond 
the analyzing of the book, you kind of come to realize something very important in this, in that one, Ted took the time to give each of these characters that specific book, mm-hmm. which means two things. One, Ted is already getting a read on a lot of these players. He, he It's like right on. Yeah. And two, Ted is more well-read than we think because yes. he knows these books. Yes, absolutely. Well, so, yeah. Yes. Um, and we also know that Ted is a really good coach because this is a tactic that Phil Jackson used and uh, when he was a coach of the Lakers and the Bulls. He would do the same thing for his players. There are pictures of um, the Lakers uh, on their team plane or during training or anything like that. And they're always reading a book and the books were always given to them by Phil Jackson. And it always went directly towards that player's uh, personality and their role on the team and just their professional and personal development books without having them be like the how to win friends and influence people, right? It's different literary books. So what, what I learn is that Ted not only is um, is really astute as a coach, but he's also studying other coaches, really successful coaches, and what mm-hmm. works for them. And that shows how much he cares about his job. Yeah, and and not only his job, but the people that he coaches. Like you, like you said, like he is very astute to everything. He is taking the time to learn about these players as people. Mm-hmm. They're not just players. Which is something are, that he does expand on in this episode with Trent oh, yeah. Krim. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's just you know, and I love too that like in addition to seeing it's you know, another character who kind of comes into play about this too is is Nate. Now Nate doesn't get a book, he gets something a little more from Ted in yeah, I, that, you know. He walks in in the beginning of the episode and he sees, you know, Ted and and Beard kind of going over plays. Nate kind of mumbles to kind of get the attention and then he tells them about a play. And one of the things I love about that whole interaction is how Ted tells him, like, you know, like, I have a hard time hearing people who don't believe in themselves. He's like, so do do you know if this play will work and Ted speaks up and I love that Ted and beard are kind of like, Whoa, like why are you yelling at us? (laughs) And, and I love the fact like this also gives us another glimpse into the friendship of Ted and beard because they both react the same way. It's not like Ted reacts that way. And then beard just kind of follows along. No, they both do this at the same time. Which says that they've done this many times before. They've done this before. Yeah. Exactly. Which just, again, further strengthens that friendship and bond. The history between, with them. The, yeah, between Beard and Coach. Yeah. 100%. But Nate, like, he, he gets that. Nate kind of gets that boost of confidence from Ted because Ted takes the play and he uses it in practice or in training. And it works. And it wor- works multiple times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love to, J- to Jamie's chagrin. Yeah. And, and I love that. Like when he, when he asks Nate about it, like he says, like, how do you feel? He's like, I kind of don't know like how I feel about this. And Ted's like, kind of like getting your first pube. And <laughs> such a weird line, but it, it kind of like, 
I, I love because we're we're seeing the beginning of so many things in this episode. Yeah. We're seeing we talked about Rebecca and Keely. We we haven't talked about Roy yet, but we'll, we'll get to that. We we're seeing the beginning of some things with Nate. Like it's we're we're at the, the story point now, has started. We're out of story, exposition. Exactly. Yes. That's a good way to sum up what I was trying to find the words. I, I got say. you, boo. I got yeah. you. Um, yeah. So the, the books is something that like, yeah, I wanted to make a note of too. And they kind of, they're furthering the progress of making us hate Jamie as a character. Oh, because he is the, so terrible. Because he's like, oh, it's a book. And he just doesn't put any thought into it. Tosses it in the in the garbage can. He puts it in the trash. I mean, yeah. it's, he doesn't even throw it back in his locker, in, in his locker or his space, or throw it in his bag. He trashes it, and it's yeah. obviously like a first edition or something like that. Like it, it doesn't look like a cheap book. Like a Wrinkle in Time is, you know, y- you can get that anywhere. This book looks like he took some care in finding it. Every, everybody else got a paperback. Yes, right. Yeah. T- Jamie got a hard a hardback exactly, yeah. Yeah. which I Jamie- guess says something about Jamie's exterior. Maybe it, it's a hardcover, so it's 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 tough, right? It's a tougher exterior. Yeah. So, but yeah, I never even really put any. Th- I didn't really think about that before. Like, yeah, everybody else gets a paperback edition except for Jamie. And no, Jamie his book got was a hardcover, totally different than everybody yeah. else's book. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's F. Scott Fitzgerald. There are paperback versions of that book. Yep, right. It, exactly. it has been out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, not, which, yeah. which could also, I mean, it also makes me wonder, like, d- so are these books that he bought or are these Ted's books that he's giving the players? No, he must have bought them. They, their spines weren't even cracked. I don't know. I I feel like the wrinkle in time that Roy had felt kind of used. I'd have to go I'd back have to and go, look. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and look too. But it is funny how The Beautiful and the Damned was a very beautiful book. Like hardcover, looked old, had the curly cue, like gold emboss, embossment on the outside yeah. of it. And yeah. he just, he's like, and he, it's like Luke Saber, Luke Saber, Luke Skywalker with the lightsaber in, uh, in The Last Jedi. He just throws it off a cliff and come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, again, like there, there's just, there's so much to that. We're, we're starting to see the story begin now. Right. At this point. And, you know, we're seeing, we know Jamie's a jerk. Now we're really going to dig in. Oh yeah, exactly. But we're not going to dig into Jamie just yet. We're going to start with Roy. We're, yeah, right. And I think that Roy is a really good place to start um, with this team. I think that after, uh, you know, we, we're we under the assumption that Ted's been with the team for now a couple of weeks. And sorry, I'm so sorry. I, I've been sick and it's just really hard for me to like catch my breath at certain times. So I apologize. Um, but Ted knows that the way to this team's heart is through their locker room curmudgeon. And that's yes. Roy Kent. Um, and Roy is so used to having somebody else fight his moral battles for him 
that he is not okay with the fact that his coach has just told him no. Yeah. Um, well, which wait, what, I, did he tell, what did he tell him no for? Remember, so Roy goes in and oh, talks picking, to Ted oh, picking about on Nate. picking yeah. on Nate. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I think someone should do something about it. And Ted's like, I agree. <laughs> he goes, well, what are you going to do? Nothing. Yeah. But he doesn't say, I think you should handle it. He just says, because Roy goes, you're not going to do anything about it. And he's like, nah. Like, he doesn't tell Roy he should take care of it. But Roy picks up on it through this Wrinkle in Time book and the fact that he just can't sit back and watch Nate get pummeled by the team over and over again. Well, even it's even before the Wrinkle in Time. Like, he has the book, but he hasn't started reading it yet. Right, right. Because the moment that tell, tells that Ted tells him that he he kind of walks off, he he kind of storms off out of the office, mm-hmm. goes back to his locker, and then he thinks about it, and then he goes and he confronts Jamie in the gym about yes. picking on Nate. So he hasn't even started reading the book yet. So Ted already sees that there is something in Roy, right? Before he even gets to read the book, the book just does more for it. Well, and I think that Roy has never been asked to be a leader. I think that he's always just been the good player on the team. You mm-hmm. know, he's always been the captain of the team because he's the more more experienced player on the team, but he's never really acted as a captain. He's never really acted as a leader. So I think that it's really interesting to watch him come to terms with the fact that he is the leader of this team. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what is explored in this episode. Well, and Ted, I mean, and Ted sees it. Like, he even tells, like, Beard asks him, like, why are you riling him up? And, you know, Beard, Ted tells him, like, look, if if we're going to make headway with this team, the first the first domino to have fall is Roy's heart. Yes. Like, And boy, isn't that true? Yeah. I mean, and it's, it, we because we're led to believe up until this point that out of every player, Roy's the one that doesn't have one. And oh, we a find heart? out a heart. So he's a tin man. He's he is. He's basically a tin man. And we find out by the end, it only takes one episode to completely turn us around on that. Oh, my gosh. This episode is such a good Roy Kent episode. One of many. Yeah, but this one, it's (laughs) just fantastic. And I I know we're jumping around, but his impression of Ted Lasso is one of the best. It's. I, I know, like I know, we usually save quotes till the end too, but this one's a very short one because you're right. We see that we sue him, like the the Roy Kent impression, and Keely call him out on it, and then Keely does the impression of Roy, and after Keely walks away, he's like, "All right, that was pretty good." Howdy, y'all, cowboys! My name is Ted Lasso, and I'm from Kansas. Pow, pow, pow! <laughs> and he's not even doing proper finger guns. Like his his fingers are curved; like they're not pointed straight. Like it's this. Like he's pulling the trigger and not being the gun. It's hilarious. Which it's hilarious. He's not even doing finger guns properly, which I right. love. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like that we get, I, I know we, we are kind of jumping around, like we've talked about Rebecca and, and such, but like, we're starting to see, like, it was kind of almost jarring a little bit too, in getting to see McAdoo and Colin in this episode, 
because they are basically Jamie's lackeys. They mm-hmm. are the ones that are picking on Nate. Um, and Jamie is kind of the ringleader of it. Like they're the ones that are kind of putting him in headlocks. They're giving, giving him noogies. Like who does that? Like you're, you're a child. Um, and he actually gets called a child later. And, and, you know, seeing Roy kind of go to confront Jamie about everything. Like we've already gotten that. He's already tossed the book at this point. And we're like, okay, like, yeah, you're a dick. And then Roy goes and confronts Jamie. And again, we're furthering the, wow, you really are a dick. Because Roy comes up and he says, like, he wants to ask him something. And Jamie just goes off on his gym routine. And Roy's right. like, that's not what I wanted to ask. He's like, I didn't care about all that. And he's like, yeah, you were. Like, that's why you asked. And I'm like, you, he never fucking asked that. He's uh, just, <laughs> you know, you just see Jamie and he... It's just, it's so bad. It's just, he's so awful. He's so hard to take. I remember in that first season, during the first watch, I was like, oh my gosh, I hate him so much. I just want him to get hit by a bus. (laughs) Like, you just, you can't handle him. He's so terrible. Yeah. So we're, we're starting, we haven't gone down the, there's more to Jamie path yet. No, and they, that's they, not really explored in this episode either. No, it's it's really not. Like I said, the 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 three key players characters in this episode to me are Keely, Rebecca, and Roy. Um, and I you know what I'm gonna throw in Trent Krim too because we really we oh really God, get yeah. to know Trent in this episode. I you know. Yeah, we we really start to learn a little bit more. We start to explore Trent Krim's storyline as well. Um. But on before we get to that and, and sticking on to Roy, if that's all right, that's fine with me. I love I love talking about Roy Kent. Um, that's mental. There's, there's a there's another another character. Well, that's fucking mental. Um, that we meet in this episode, who is one of my favorite characters of the entire series, and that's Phoebe. Oh, Phoebe, she's great. Roy Kent's niece. Um, it is where we start to learn that there is a softer side to Roy. Oh my it gosh. Is, it's so squishy. And it is through Phoebe. Mm-hmm. I mentioned last week, we kind of got a glimpse of Phoebe mm-hmm. because Roy escorts her onto the pitch when they're playing Crystal Palace. Um, but <clears throat> this is where we really get to meet Phoebe mm-hmm. uh, and Phoebe we find out who Phoebe is because she is a student at the school that Roy and Ted go to visit and do some really nice things. Mm-hmm. For um, Definitely playing with the students. And like, again, we get to see the softer side of Roy as I, I say through Phoebe because Phoebe is his reasoning for going to the school, mm-hmm. but we get to witness Roy playing with all the students Yes. And he's legitimately enjoying it. Yes. Well, he gets to pound soccer balls against these kids' heads. So, yes. of course, he's doing just fine. <laughs> and I love that Ted runs in and Roy just kind of rolls his eyes and does it. And even though Ted does it, he's like, all right, well done. Like, But then but then he says, okay, Roy, you get in line now. And he has Roy. And he has Roy. No, he tells, he tells Roy to go to the other station. 
to play with more kids. Oh, I thought that he went to get into line. To no, no, to he kind of takes over that so that head. Roy could go play oh, with okay. other other kids. So but Ted I do is like it sharing because, the experience. Well, you know the whole the whole school thing is really great. I'm so glad that you brought this up because you know Trent's like, oh, how weird that this is happening the day that I'm here. Okay, so maybe it was planned, maybe it wasn't because this looked like this was a pre-plan because you know, the principal comes out, the whole school's there. And Ted knows that his goose is cooked when he goes out there. They all hate him. And he's like, aha, I have a special surprise, you know, which was, yeah. you know, it was Roy's event anyways. And Roy Kent comes out. And I don't know if you saw, but the kid in front with the longer yes. hair, yep. <laughs> he is just obviously a super fan and cannot yeah. believe his stupid dumb awe. luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I love to, again, like it's, it's more of the classic Roy Kent that we're going to grow to love is that like, he's like, when he says like, well, let's just beat this stiffy gymnasium and go outside and have a proper fuck about yeah. like, two children. Yeah. Well, you know, that's Roy Kent and, and you learn that's Roy Kent. That that's, that's what, that's the public loves that Roy Kent. They know yeah. what they're going to get when they get him. But I do love the fact that he didn't want to talk to them about success or he didn't want to talk to them about anything. He wanted to go outside and do what he does. That's where he's comfortable. He wasn't comfortable up there. And yeah. so while the principal was like, nobody ever spends this much time here. Like, I'm really surprised. Roy was just doing what Roy was comfortable doing. He do. He was doing what he loved doing. Right. And that made such a difference on those kids. Yeah. You know, they got to do a skills station with Roy Kent. I mean, that that's like if Kobe Bryant came to, you know, a middle school and said, let's do, let's play horse, you know? It's, it's so funny that you mentioned Kobe because I was legitimately thinking, okay, that's like basically shooting hoops with Jordan. Well, you know that if I can, I will always mention Kobe Bryant. You reference Bryant. Kobe. Yeah. I will always mention Kobe Bryant. I mention him yeah. every day in my classroom. I have a current war, just as an aside, I have a current war going on with one of my students right now. I He wrote MJ is goat on my board. And every day I, cr I erase it and I put KB. <laughs> and, he, and then I'm teaching and he'll sneak up to the board and he'll erase it and he'll put MJ. And it's been going for a week now. <laughs> I will... I, I I know you you might hate me for this. I love Kobe. Your students, right? Nope. MJ is the goat. No. Yeah. No. Anyway. 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 Anyways. <laughs> yes. Anyway. But um. But I just that whole thing, and you see that Trent Krim is in the audience, obviously, because he's like three heads taller than every other student there. <laughs> But, you know, they call him a wanker and Trent's smiling because he's like, oh, everybody hates you. But then he kind of, you see, we see how this is perceived through Trent's eyes as Trent realizes this is not for show. This is not something that, you know, Trent was invited along so that they could, quote unquote, see how, you know, uh, approachable Ted Lasso is. No, he just was hanging out with Ted Lasso. Like, obviously there was no pretense about this from Ted's perspective. Yeah. Well, and what I love about that, you know, bringing Trent into this conversation too, first off, I yelled at Trent when I was watching because you're right. He's three heads above all these other students, but he's not sitting all the way in the back. Oh, he's so, not. So, so clearly he's blocking the view of some of these kids <laughs> with where he's sitting. But besides that, like, you know, Trent was really just a fly on the wall 
up until he overheard Ted and Roy talking about the fact that Ted gave him a wrinkle in time. Yes. And I think that's the moment. <laughs> Sorry, I, I love that exchange. That, the, I think that's the moment where Trent really started to realize there's more to Ted than just this American coach who's coming in to teach a sport he's never, he doesn't know anything about. Right. Yeah. Because, be, well, uh, and, and I'm glad that you, that you talk about that because, and, and we'll talk about this meal a little bit more, but Ted really explained what he views his role to be on this team mm -hmm. as, as the head coach. And I think that it's like the most important tidbit of information that we have gotten about Ted Lasso so far, uh, and, three episodes in. And to sum it up, it's basically the game of football is secondary. Yes. And, and the and players are first. The players are first. And that's why he has Beard. Beard is his rules and regulations guy. And Beard mm. knows that. He knows what his role is because Ted probably gave him a book. But well, he knows he, his role. It, it said in the pilot episode, he's read like 11 books on football. Right. He knows all the rules. He is there to help Ted with that aspect of his job. But Ted likes to coach these people. He mm -hmm. likes to make them be the best versions of themselves that they can be because, and I think that we can all agree on this, when we feel our best, we do our best. So mm -hmm. if we have that talent, that we're so talented that we have made it onto a professional football league, then all you all all Ted needs to do is just allow these players to get out of their own way and do what they do best. And yeah. that is where Ted comes in. And I think that that is just such an important part of who Ted Lasso is as a character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, sorry. I was just <laughs> I was <laughs> reading my, uh, the reading my notes to see uh, where, where I was going with this. Cause I want to, no, sure. that's okay. I, I, just I kind of kind of went all over there, um, but no, I no, do think I, that 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 is the most important part of Ted Lasso. I no, I and I completely agree with you because you're right. Beard is kind of like the the notes guy, and then um, you know he gets input from other places as well. But I mean, mm -hmm. outside of like like, and it's really interesting when you look at it in that perspective that you know Ted is more about the people than the game itself. Mm -hmm. It extends beyond the players. We're seeing it with Rebecca. We're seeing it a little bit with Keely. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to begin to see it with other people around Ted as well. Um, so it is more than just the players that he is coaching. Well, I think that Ted actually has a passion for, and and I get this because I am a teacher, so I understand this, this outlook on life um, is, uh-oh, I forgot it. <laughs> I saw you pause because like, my microphone freeze? stand, my microphone stand went wonky, and I had to fix it. So I was doing two things at once, and I shouldn't have. So I apologize. <laughs> um, what was I saying? <laughs> so, please help me. <laughs> Can we rewind? <laughs> I I brought up how he's coaching other people outside of the players. Mm -hmm. That was a good point. <laughs> and you already forgot where you were going with it from there. Dear God, oh, that's gosh. right. Well, maybe it was maybe so you'll... good too. You'll remember it. I won't. It's gone. No? It's gone. Gone. It's gone. Gone. All right. Yeah, that's all right. Um, 
But, you know, speaking of more on Trent Krim and, and keeping with that aspect of everything, you know, we get to past the school. We see we see Trent and Ted actually go for a meal. And there's so much with this meal as well. Just, yeah. In that, and this is kind of one of the points I made that I, I definitely see shine in this in this moment, is that I mentioned in the pilot, when we were breaking down the pilot episode, how Ted is somebody who automatically gives somebody trust until you give him a reason to not to. Like some people live life in like, in order to get trust, you have to earn it. Ted gives it until you lose it. And we, I think that we that's see, how it should be. I do too. And we see that even in this dinner scene, he trusts in this chef, has never had Indian food before, never tasted it, knows nothing about the spice palette of it and like how spicy the food can be. Totally trusts this chef to make him something. And Ted has, doesn't kind of, Slightly taste it. He digs right in. Well, it looks delicious. It really. I just had Indian food for the first time earlier this year, and it does look absolutely delicious. It look. It, it was sweet potatoes, right? No, that was like a, that was like a. Um, uh, well, I can't think of the name of it, but that was like a sauce that was there. It's like a thick, like like curry sauce. Oh, I thought that I saw sweet potatoes as well in the like the little dish because there was a sauce dish, and then there was. And then there was the other dish. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The best part about him choosing this restaurant is that he chose a restaurant because the cabbie invited him to his father's restaurant. And yeah. and Ollie was like, nobody has ever taken me up on this offer. And this is where you realize Ted Lasso isn't just any old person. He's not doing any of this for show. He's not doing... He is a sincere, genuine, like... I want to know my people and all the people around me and every he views as anybody that comes into his, you know, personal space, his personal life as somebody worth exploring. Yeah. Right down to the cabbie that takes him home from the airport. Well, not only not only that, but we get more of that in when we're when we're getting the dialogue of the reading of Trent's article, mm-hmm. we see he runs into the student, one of the students that was at the school who asks him how his nose is. And like, he shakes the mother's hand. Like he's getting to meet this, this child's parent. Mm -hmm. And then we see him with that female soccer player and he's playing with her. Like he's already interacted with her before. He's not, he has not forgotten her and he wants to be more. He wants to know her. And that is away from anybody who's observing him. So now we see, and and I like that they did that, that we see that at the very end and he's genuine and he like puts down his backpack. He's like, let me put down my backpack. All right, let's get serious. Like he is a genuine person, whether Trent Krim, the independent is with him or nobody's with him. And I think that that's such a great lesson is that you must always be the same person, no matter who is watching the true testament of of a person is what they do when they don't know if anybody's watching. Yeah. You yeah. know? And and Ted is the epitome yes. of that. Mm-hmm. It, it is something that feels like this is something that has been ingrained from him his, into him his entire life. 
And like, this isn't just something he's pretending to be. This mm-hmm. is who Ted is. This is who he is. Yeah. His wife is stupid for wanting space. I would want that around my life all the time. If not for anything other than your child. Yeah. Yeah. Your child you know? not getting that daily dose of, of wonderful. That's just criminal. I mean, it, it's one thing to stay with. It's it's one thing to not want to stay with somebody for your child because your your significant other is abusive, like either verbally or physically. But yeah, like Ted is nothing but a positive person. Sure, he has his issues, but what? Like why? Like what? What space do you need away from? Do you not want positivity in your life? Well, we learn later. You know what this there's is. There's a little bit. There's yeah. a lot more to that story. But for right now, you're just left a little. What confused. we're seeing. What, yeah. yeah, you're just left a little confused as to why his family is not with him because he seems pretty great. Um, I do love the fact that as they're eating this food, they're getting sweatier and sweatier. <laughs> <laughs> and But I mean, it, again, it's that endearing, mo- the, there's so much more of that endearing moment that we get from Ted mm-hmm. in that Trent cannot finish the meal. It is nope. too hot for Trent. So Ted tells him, no, put it on my plate. We don't want to insult the chef by making him think we can't eat his meal. Right. Like he he feels like he doesn't want to embarrass the chef. He's willing right. to sacrifice his own taste Gastrointestinal buds. health. Yeah. yeah. To, to make sure that this chef, who he doesn't even see. Right, right. Is not embarrassed. And Trent sees that. Yeah. And the best part is that you can see on Trent's face, he doesn't even say anything, but you see Trent is inspired and in awe of this man. Well, and I I think that's one of the things, too, that when he excuses himself for the meal, he's like, you know, deadlines and such. Trent could not wait to go and write this article. Yeah. He was he was anxious to get this written. Yeah. And put the word out there because he wanted people to know about Ted. Because he's just wonderful. He's like a warm hug. Um, but I love it when Ollie's like, hey, dad, he likes it. He likes the food. And then he comes out he with says more it's plates. Perfect. He comes out with more plates and he goes, I know you Americans like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I love to, I love like, like he's giving this whole inspiring speech to Trent. And then he's like, can I ask you a question? Do I still have a tongue? <laughs> <laughs> Which he like, he's just yeah, like that, that dinner between like, I have so many favorite moments of this episode from mm-hmm. meeting Phoebe to the softer side of Roy. The dinner with Trent and Ted is probably my favorite part. Of this it's one episode. of the highlights of the season. Followed by hearing the reading of the article behind it, which yeah. I don't have. I don't know if you have it. I don't, but watching Rebecca yeah. get angrier and angrier is one of the best parts of that sequence. Well, well, even before that, with Higgins reading the article and seeing the fear in Higgins' eyes when he reads that it's actually positive. And he says, keep in mind... I, I did not write this article. Right. Like, <laughs> That's right. Leslie's yep. like, I have a feeling that if I read this to you, I'm yeah. going to get fired. <laughs> don't, don't don't shoot the messenger. Like, I'm just reading the article. Higgins is so scared of her. It's yeah. great. I it, Yeah, it's just, I, I you know. But yeah, the, the dinner with Trent is just probably one of my favorite parts. 
yep. to this. I agree. Um, Hard agree. I think. So, I, I th- okay. Um, let's go back to Roy just for a moment because we sure. see Roy step up. We see Roy step up and and stick up for Nate in the locker room. And I think it's wonderful because when he goes up and he goes and he realizes that Jamie never had that talk with McAdoo and Colin, um, mm-hmm. he realizes in that moment that he has failed his job as a leader. And so I think that this is where Roy realizes that he needs to be a leader leader. And so he goes to the club. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I love it when he goes to the club yeah. because – you can see, and this is something that I'll talk about more in the spoiler section, but you can see that this team is following Jamie's lead right now. And Jamie doesn't care or notice that this team yeah. is following his lead because Jamie wants to go do bottle service at the hottest club in town with his model girlfriend and all these other soccer players, football players, excuse me, are um, are just joining because they want to be in the same atmosphere as Jamie Tart right now yeah. because they want to matter. And then... I think that Roy sees in between that moment and the locker room moment that he really does need to step up as a leader because a leader is needed on this team. And you see Roy start to take it seriously. Like that book really changed his heart and his mind. Yeah. And I, and I love the fact too, that the moment he comes to that realization is because he's not just reading the book. He's reading the book to Phoebe <laughs> in her cute little pink bed. Yeah, He is lying <laughs> in bed, reading the book to Phoebe. And it's when he comes to that realization when he's like, Oh no, I realized then it has to be me. And then he stops. He's like, fuck. Yeah. And, and Phoebe's like, like that's language. A, that's, a, that's a bad word. Uncle Roy. And that's when he leaves and he goes to the club, yeah, to confront Jamie. Right. And yeah. I think what, and I think like it's not just the fact that like he goes and he confronts Jamie, it's the fact that Roy calls him a child. Like that, you can tell in that moment, it looks like that right there, that's hit. Like that slapped Jamie. Well, Jamie is being a child. But he's also yeah. never been held accountable. He's never been held to a high, higher professional standard because yeah. pro athletes that are that talented, they don't have to be accountable. We see that in American sports all the time. And so it's nice to see somebody calling that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's just I'm I'm with you on that. Like it's. I'm glad you went back to Roy because I did have that in my notes um, about, you know, reading the book and confronting and confronting Jamie. And it didn't take long for that book to make an impact on Roy. That's it's literally the same day. Because he's he we understand by the end of this episode that he is more introspective than we give him credit for. Yes. But that's um, all I have. I'm, I'm other than um Spoilery stuff. Yeah, I, I have some spoilery stuff too. I was looking to see if there is a um if there's actually wording of the article. Um let's see, I think this is nope. I don't think this is it. Have you read a wrinkle in, in time? I have, but it's been a it's been a long time. Um, I know there's a movie out now too, and I haven't watched that. Yeah, it's with uh, Oprah. 
Um, and George Clooney. I never saw the book or saw the movie, but I did read the book and, you know, I didn't really enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Maybe I'll give okay. it another, another look one day, but I have read it recently because I'm a middle school teacher and I keep up. I read a lot of middle school books. You would think by my Goodreads profile and my library profile that I don't know how to read very well. <laughs> but so I, I have read that book um, and it didn't grab me the way that it grabs other people, but I can see why it was used for Roy. And I love the fact that he read it to Phoebe, which does suggest that it is a book for younger readers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, again, we see him reading it to, to Phoebe. So it, it plays right along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm with you. Let's let's dive into into some spoiler territory. So if you're listening right now uh, and you haven't, this is your first time watching and you want to avoid the spoilers, now's the time to check the show notes and skip ahead to the time listed to when we'll talk about some of our favorite quotes, which we have a bunch. So you don't want to miss that. So go ahead and skip ahead to that now. Um, but now that we're officially diving into spoiler territory, I would like to start with two that I have. Okay, good, because I was about to verbal diarrhea on you, so go. <laughs> um, I, okay, so sticking to Roy confronting Jamie uh, in the club, man, do we get a look from Keely that there is, like, there is some attraction. Oh, there. she is hot for Roy. Yes, yeah, and we kind of get a little bit of that earlier on, but there's that look right there. Like, like she is so hot for Roy in that moment. Well, yeah. Earlier that day, she saw him come out in a towel. <laughs> yeah. But that seems very flirtatious. Like that seems like Keely's nature to just mm. kind of do that. Cause she, we've seen her walk into the locker room before. So yeah, I don't she think pauses we, cause it's out of the she, locker room. That yeah. She sees this. And I think that there's a true. difference. Yeah. That's Maybe. True. I don't oh, know. Well, and I think that's right. I think that's basically it. She's seeing him outside of the locker room for the first time. Wait, like if only she had been at the uh, the school the school thing, right? She would have dropped Jamie immediately. But yeah, but like when when she sees him walk in, and not only walk in and confront Jamie, he acknowledges Keely. He does. Like Keely. he acknowledges her before she leaves. Doesn't he tell her that he she leaves. looks nice? I don't remember exactly what he says, but like, I think he just says her name before he leaves. But the fact that he confronts Jamie, but still acknowledges her like that sticks with Keely. Well, because she's never acknowledged around Jamie. I'm sure he's he's she's arm candy to him. That's all she is to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love the I, I love seeing uh, early. Early, early hints of- and stages of Roy and Keeley because uh, they're my favorite. They're my yep. favorite. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I, then like the only other- think, I like to think that they that they ended up together. Like that's my head canon. It's left very open. It, it totally is. Well, yeah. you can make an argument for Jamie and for Roy. Yeah, but Roy is my answer. And when we last see them, all three of them are sitting together. Yeah. So we don't know. It, she might not have ended up with any of them, with either of them. Right. As long as she didn't go back to Jack, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, because Jack. That, that's, that's for another day. Um, did you notice that um, 
McAdoo and Colin are a little different. Yeah, they're a lot different. They're I I love the fact that they're playing on because we do learn that Colin and McAdoo do have a very close friendship. They're best friends. Yeah, and we do see that. Mm-hmm. But they are two completely different characters now as to who they become later. McAdoo becomes a leader, he becomes captain of the team, and yeah. Colin the bully is bullying somebody for being different when he is closeted right yep. now. And that to me is very, that, that is so truthful um, of how it is in reality, right? These big bullies that, especially in schools, they are often the ones that have the biggest secrets uh, in their life. They're the ones that don't want to admit who they really are. And they're so scared of being found out of who they really are that they become this, this bully persona so that they don't have to be noticed as different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like it's, 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 uh, sorry. Um, Colin is, yeah, he's very closeted and it almost makes me wonder if the actor that plays Colin knew that that's where the character was going to go. Oh, I'd be interested to know. Because we do know that, again, we talked about this already, This the writers did have this story. Like, they knew mm-hmm. this whole story was outlined. Like, they knew where it was going to go, where it was going to end. They knew it was going to be a three-season story. Right. So I almost wonder if they knew that Colin was going to be closeted, and if they did, if the actor knew hmm. that they were going to be that they were going to be closeted. That would be interesting to know, because I don't think that we find that out until season three. We don't. Right. Yeah. That, oh, no. I, no, I think it's in season two. No, I I really think it's season three because Trent mm. is a big part of that. Trent becomes a big part of that um, in season three. Uh, let me see. When does Colin? Let's see. Oh, no, it's season three. Yeah, I know. Yeah. it's Oh, it's late in season three. Right. Jesus. No, when, that was when he comes out. But when is it revealed? Season three. Is it season three? Okay. All right. No, I'll take your word for it. Um, and, and it's funny. That oh, but. Talk. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say back to McAdoo and Colin real quick is that, you know, they're all out and they're drinking at this hot new club with bottle service and crazy times and stuff like that. But if you fast forward to the night in Amsterdam that they all had the night off, what did they do? They watched movies and had a pillow fight. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's how that is the lasso effect just in, in these smaller characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even going into that too, like we'll, we'll talk about that as we get closer to it too, but like that's, you, we talk about the lasso effect. Like that's something that Ted knew was going to happen. Right. You know, right. He knew if he gave them the choice, they wouldn't be able to make it. Because they're the, these, these players are used to not having free choice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there's so much that you can do in a night in Amsterdam that, you know, he, he basically broke their brains by saying you're free. Bye. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Nate's play Mm. (laughs) because I mentioned last episode that I made the mistake of going back and rewatching the series finale. Nate, the wonderkind. This is why I went back and watched the finale because Nate's play is what wins the game. Oh my gosh. You're totally right. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot. Nate's play is what wins the game for them 
in the series finale because Nate says, you used my play, you used my play. It's never used in a game until the finale. And what I really took away from this is because like we see Ted say like, I want you guys to win. Oh, hold on. He says, I have it written down. Um, shit. Where is it? Um, Make it a performance. I want you winning an Oscar at the Emmys next year. Which one? That's not how the ESPYs work. Um, you also don't get an Oscar at Oscar, the Emmys. Oscar at the ESPYs, not Emmys. Okay. Sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> um, you don't win an Oscar at the ESPYs. But what I really took away from that in that relation to this is that, one, yes, it's Nate's play that wins the game for them because Ted does the performance and then Jamie does the performance during the actual game. I'm in. I'm open. I'm open. But this i think this really speaks a lot to jamie because jamie kind of just blows it off like he's the decoy he hates this play he mm -hmm. doesn't want to do it but in the season in the series finale when ted and nate are mimicking you know the oscar oh, at yeah. the SBs, jamie fully remembers it uh-huh because him and sam are oh Jamie remembers the play. Oh my gosh. I love this show so much. My whole heart wants to like explode right now. Like I have a stomach ache from joy. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, so Jamie, he, even though he was against the play mm -hmm. and kind of wrote it off, he still absorbed it. Yeah. He still took it in. Yeah. And he remembered it three years later. I know. It's it's, he's great. It says so much about Jamie. That's the reason why I said last week I went back and I rewatched the series. Right. Now. No, I understand that. Yeah. Because I remembered Nate's play. <laughs> and I love that it's Nate's play that wins the game in the end. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, at the end, we, <coughs> at the, in the series finale, we also get Trent Krim uh, talking about his book. Yeah. You know, and we get little tidbits of that. So a lot of this episode ties directly in with the finale well, of the series. Well, he's not writing the book yet. He's only writing the article for The Independent. Right. That's the tie-in, yeah. though, is that we still have Trent's words. You know, this is with yes. the article, and at the end, it's the book, right? Yes. This is like Trent is now invested in Ted Lasso and um, and Richmond, AFC Richmond, and that carries all the way to the finale. Yeah. That's, that's what um, I'm talking about with the connection. I got it. Um, the only other spoilerful thing I have to mention, and this is also another reason why I went and I rewatched the finale, is at some point, Jamie does get that book back. Because that's what he keeps the piece of the believe poster in and yes. and it's the same book so i'll bet that ted took it out of the trash it's we don't see that book again until the finale until the finale i'm telling you like and this is, is a really important episode it is when sam takes out the first piece and jamie is the next person to take out the piece he takes it out of the book mm-hmm He's had that book on him for a while. He probably started reading it when he went back to, um, oh my gosh. What what team did he ha go back Manchester, to? Manchester United. Thank you, Manchester yeah. United. Yep. Um, 
But no, I think it's even before that because the copy that he takes the piece of the sign out of is the same book. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think he started reading that book when he actually started to lose everything and he probably needed to do some soul searching. I'm I'm very curious because I don't remember if the book is given back to him again or it's just left a mystery that he somehow went and got it. Hey, guess what? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> Anything else spoiler spoilery for you? Um, no. Okay. So then we welcome back all the people who avoided <clears throat> all the spoiler talk for this one for the quotes, some of our favorite quotes. Uh, from the episode and it helps if I'm on <laughs> this is what happens when I put all my notes for episodes in one book is I, I turn pages um, I'll start go ahead I'm Roy Kent and I get paid to play a game but I'm mad <laughs> all the time Grr. that's actually pretty good, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> also from that scene when he when Roy confronts Keely on Jamie didn't your last girlfriend steal your Rolex and sell yeah. it for drug money so I don't need a phone and a watch. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he just defended that. Yeah. Because he didn't want Keely to get one over on him. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it or, just cracks me up so much. The next one I have is, so I spoke to the owner of the sun. You spoke to God? <laughs> I, have, I have that one too. <laughs> I have that one as well. Uh, from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning when Ro- when Rebecca tells Dad she has a branding meeting. Oh, I always feel so bad for the cows, but you got to do it. Otherwise, they can get lost. <laughs> and then he waits for a second. Dum dums the desk. And that was a branding joke. Right. <laughs> I feel like if we were back home in Kansas, I'd be waiting for you to stop laughing right now. <laughs> Just, I love it. Um, I like it. Uh, I got Lasso makes Paso and creates Team Fiasco. Whoa, Keely's got bars. Keely's yeah. got bars. I'm cute as a button and I can rhyme my ass off. God, it's no wonder they want to destroy me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the episode I basically I fell in love with Keely. She's, oh, she's, she's wonderful so in this. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you said the spoke to the owner of the sun. Um, am I supposed to be the little girl? When <laughs> and he goes, I'd like you to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a, hey, Trent, you know who you remind me of right now? No, who? One of them robot vacuums just kind of wandering around looking for dirt. Roomba. Roomba. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like when, when Rebecca asks Higgins if the photos can be trace back but then you use a burner phone or anything. i'm not a spy rebecca right exactly <laughs> um oh we also get the first of something that will come back many times we're not going to spoiler it's <laughs> and when ted asks beard about something and his reply is illinois state champs baby <laughs> i love it every time that beard says baby 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 yeah the baby is going to come back a lot um, I have one other quote, but I actually have the quote. Oh, um, do it. Do you have any others before I play it? Uh, hang I'll use on. it to wrap up. Uh, oh, this is, this was going to be front page of the sun today. Manager shag star players, girlfriend. I'd like to think a more accurate headline would be manager innocently feeds young woman whose relationship does not define her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, Ted is so endearing. I fucking love it. Yeah, me too. 
Um, go ahead. Any with other yours. One? I, I right. have a million, but go ahead with the last one. So uh, this will be the final quote, and I actually pulled this one because I love this one so much, and I don't know why, but it it, it just broke me the second time I watched this ep- the when I did the rewatch of the episode, and it is the first of many of this particular line we will get from Roy. Oh, I <laughs> throughout. know what it is. Yeah. Hey, Roy, you come to the club tonight? Hold on, will you be there? Of course, bro. Then fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I laughed so hard the second time because because it's awesome. But I mean, like we even when we were doing Lost, I mean, this was a popular fuck no, and that's from a completely different time. Like we, right. we will, it is the first of many. Roy <laughs> Kent's <laughs> voice deepens like Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. Like both of them <laughs> just like go into these like different registers of their voice to be their character. And Rosa yeah. Diaz from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, any final notes before I head into a solo feedback session? Yes, for this enjoy episode? that. Uh, all right, cool. So, with that being said, uh, let's get into some feedback for the episode. Kristen has uh, has left <laughs> the recording, um, but uh, and I'm doing this solo for the first time ever. I'm doing this solo, and I hope people don't mind that because. I'm going to do the, the best that I can. So, uh, but again, yes, we do have just a couple pieces of feedback this week for the episode. In uh, we have uh, one uh, one piece of feedback that actually comes f- to us from the website uh, revisitedpod.com, and this feedback comes from Jenny. Uh, she says, "Hey guys, this is my first watch for Ted Lasso, and I am delighted to be able to watch along with you guys. I have started watching it in the morning while on the treadmill, and if anyone thinks." that isn't the best way to start a day then they are a wanker uh thank you jenny and i'm so glad that this is your first time watching um hopefully our format is doing well for you and helping you to be able to kind of avoid the spoilers you know putting us um i'm putting those notes in the show notes to let you know when to skip this way if you don't want to be spoiled by anything that we're talking about you don't have to be so uh, let me know um let us know in you know future feedback if that's helping you and if you're able to you know kind of follow along with uh without being spoiled uh, uh without being spoiled of anything and please keep that feedback coming because i would love to be able to I, and I know I speak for Kristen on this as well. We want to hear your thoughts, especially from someone like you who's never watched the series before. So keep that feedback coming. Let us know uh, as you progress through, you know, what are some of your predictions? Who are some of your favorite characters? Uh, what are some things you want to see? We'll, we won't tell you whether or not you're right or wrong. We're just very curious, uh, you know, to hear these things from from a newcomer, from a, a newbie to, the, uh, to Ted Lasso. So, but more importantly, we hope you're enjoying the show because we, again, we just absolutely adore this show. And I know I speak for Kristen on that one as well. Uh, and of course, what is an episode of Revisited without some feedback from our friend Steve Brown, uh, which he sends to us in the form of a voice a voicemail in a live steving, if you will. So we'll go ahead and we'll play that now. Hello, just been uh, the revisited cast. This is Steve, and this is going to be for uh, episode three of Ted Lasso season one. <laughs> Rebecca smelling that box of biscuits and just diving right in. She's so angry, though. Show him your strut, coach. Show him your strut. <laughs> I love it. Nate's play. And here comes Nate with his strut. 
<laughs> Jamie's tot breaks tot's heart. <laughs> Keely. He walks in. Oh, what's his name? I, the, the Rebecca's assistant. She didn't slam her laptop shut. It's the first time for everything, I guess. Then she slams it shut when Keely walks in. You think Ted was one of the ones who ate the Butterfinger wrapped or the turd wrapped in the Butterfinger wrapper? <laughs> I don't know. Use yeah. your balls as a speed bag. I forgot that one. Great, Roy. Like this, Rebecca, this this version. I know, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, I just don't like this version of Rebecca. Oh, he put a from in there, but I'm still going to call it a mic drop. Drop Trent Krim from The Independent. This conversation between Roy and Keely is, I can push all your buttons right now. <laughs> I feel like a teenage boy. I can't stop staring at them. <laughs> Rebecca's tits. <laughs> of course, everybody, all the kids love Roy Kent. Roy could get away with using the F word in front of a bunch of school kids. Nice. And Roy with the headbutt soccer ball. And Phoebe's just adorable. Am I supposed to be the little girl? I love it, Roy talking about the wrinkle in time. A, a wrinkle in time. I love Ted. Is my tongue still in my mouth? Because I'm about to hallucinate from all the heat coming out here. I love it. Me and Roy have so much in common. I don't see so well at night anymore, but it's all of you. All right. I can't wait to hear you. what uh, what y'all said about this one. Talk to you later. It's great. I'm so glad that we got to hear... Uh, Trent's article there at the end. Great, great. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah, this is just the number of like just quotable lines that come from the series throughout the run is just amazing. And we've only scratched the surface when it comes to them. The, the further along you progress um, and the more you get to know these characters, the more you end up loving some of these lines that come about and and such and they're just it's it's fantastic i hope everybody out there who's watching for the first time is really enjoying the show uh but we want to hear your thoughts whether you've you've watched the show before whether it's your first time or this is this is your fifth time i apologize if i'm stumbling over my words here a little bit uh again first time i've ever done the solo portion uh, or a portion of this podcast solo. And I'm sure by now you're all wishing Kristen was back, but she will be next week. So uh, yeah, again, we want to hear your thoughts. Uh, so let us know in the form of feedback. We encourage you guys, please to leave us feedback on this, uh, on our coverage of the series. Let us know how you think we're doing. Uh, let us know what you're liking of the coverage so far. Uh, let us know again, favorite episodes, characters, um, your thoughts on the next episode, which, um, is in fact, season one, episode four, for the children, which I can tell you is a fantastic episode. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I think every episode is fantastic. This really is. I feel one of the better episodes of, of, uh, of season one. Uh, let me know if you agree with that. Uh, easiest way to do that is to send us feedback is to just go to the website, revisitedpod.com. There you'll find links on how to listen, how to subscribe, how to follow us on social media, and of course, how to leave feedback. Or you can just email us directly, feedback at revisitedpod.com. Record yourself in a voicemail and send it over, over to us in uh, via the email or just type something out and send it to us that way as well. Again, revisitedpod.com or feedback at Revisited Pod. Those are the easiest ways to do that. Uh, I'm going to give you a recommendation this week. Uh, there is a Marvel series that just returned this week. That is the series Loki, starring Tom Hiddleston. Uh, I just watched the season premiere, and I, I, it is absolutely fantastic. I love... Loki is not my favorite of the Marvel television series. Hawkeye will forever hold that spot. Well, 
for now holds that spot uh for me just because of how grounded i felt that series was but i absolutely love the the zaniness and the quirkiness of loki uh, and the season premiere starts off incredibly strong kihoi kwan who is now an oscar winner uh from everything everywhere all at once has joined the series he's absolutely fantastic he is a brilliant addition to the series so far and i hope he sticks around for the entire series uh and i know i i'm pretty sure i can speak for Kristen on this one as well because she's a big fan of the marvel series um in addition to checking out revisited at revisitedpod.com uh we encourage you guys to go check out podcastica because this is a joint podcastica kind of uh project in that uh, we share it both with my wilhelm podcast and with podcastica and there's so much happening over at Podcastica right now, you've got um, Rima and Paik are talking about Great British Big Off, which just returned on Strange Indeed, which is so much fun. It's I love that series as well. Uh, Kristen, James, and and, uh, and Party have just wrapped up their Ahsoka coverage, so you can go and check that out as well. I know I need to kind of binge that whole series because I didn't finish it. Uh, Jason, as well as others on the Walking Dead cast, or or the cast of us now, I'm, I apologize, are covering Walking Dead. Daryl Dixon. Uh, there's so much happening over at Podcastica. Go over and check it out. Greg and Veronica uh, just finished up with Wheel of Time coverage, so you can go over there and check that out. I apologize to people I was supposed to be part of that uh, coverage this year. I only made it to two episodes. Just timing wasn't right, and kind of a lot of things didn't line up, and especially after this incredible season finale that the show just had uh, that I was supposed to be a part of as well, and I apologize to Greg and Veronica and all the listeners over there for that. Um mm-hmm. But go check out, uh, you know, uh, Wheel of Time cast, as well as just podcastica.com. Go over there. I promise you there is something for everyone over at podcastica.com. Last but not least, I want to make mention of something for my Wilhelm podcast that's coming up. One of my favorite interviews from last year, one of my favorite guests from last year, Josh Robert Thompson, who plays, uh, who was the voice of Jeffrey Peterson on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. He's done a ton of voiceover work with shows like Family Guy and American Dad. and, And he's just an incredible comedian and uh impressionist and and such he is joining me on wilhelm again for our annual halloween episode we're not going to be promoting anything he is just coming on to talk horror he's coming on to do a top five episode for halloween and him and i together are going to reveal and discuss our top five favorite universal monsters so if you're a fan of the universal monster movies dracula creature from the black lagoon uh, Wolfman, the Mummy, all those classic creature features. Josh is a huge fan of those, so we are going to uh, going to be talking about them uh, on there as well. WilhelmPodcast.com is where you can go to subscribe to that podcast so that you don't miss out on that. Uh, plus, Kristen and I do the movie swap over there every two weeks as well, where we give each other homework and just discuss the, those movies and whatever you know derailments and tangents we go off of. Uh, for that so uh i think that is it for this week again next week's episode season one episode four for the children uh is a great episode encourage you guys to leave the feedback but uh the only thing i will say to wrap this up is what i say to always wrap it up thank you guys for always being a part of this thank you for listening subscribing all that you guys do but until next time 
We'll see you guys back out on the pitch. Take care. 